my steps, and at the right time, you'll get me to where I'm supposed to be. You don't have to fight everything. Live upset, can't sleep at night. That happens when you're only focused on getting out. God is waiting to come in. When you ask him in, you're saying, God, don't just change the circumstances, change me. Help me to not just go through this situation. Help me to grow through it. Help me to learn. Increase my faith. Let my character come up higher. If God delivered us out of everything instantly, we would never reach our highest potential. God works in the trouble. He works in the uncomfortable situations. And sometimes God is not bringing you out yet because he wants the odds to be against you in a bigger way. So when he brings you out, it will be a greater miracle. Now, mm -hmm. voices will whisper, God doesn't even hear your prayers. That's why nothing's changing. The truth is, God is setting you up to show out in your life. When he brings you out, no one will be able to deny that his favor is on you. God said in Isaiah... some time has been, been some, a while and, and ethan's here and we're all three here together we are yeah ethan. we're all in the same room i'm yeah. back here behind the camera <laughs> just like our original episode we were reminiscing yeah uh, uh, the first episode yeah what different, do you call it? different house but uh different house yeah different house different day different clothing hopefully no i think i have the same shirt on different well you actually, actually might have the same shirt and what's interesting i have two or three of these same ones because i just like it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get them at uh was the anyway Keith um, is a cartoon character, everybody. <laughs> wears the same clothes every day. <laughs> um, anyway, so why in the world would we talk about uh, someone who is obviously in the evangelical, broadly speaking, evangelical camp? Uh, mm. influence <laughs> wow. Who puts him in the evangelical camp? Uh, Wikipedia. That's amazing. Oh, I yeah. Wonder, I, mean, I wonder, you know, when you think of evangelical, you think of gospel gospel centrality inspiration of scripture uh the, the centrality of christ i.e the gospel but mm -hmm. christology scripture alone and um that's about it but so, what's interesting when we get to talk about it, we're we, and we'll it. talk about yeah. this but does he rightfully belong in that category yeah. i think we'll, we'll very easily see no yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <That's>, now <laughs> in into a, a degree you might you might find uh, pieces and um, points where there's overlap in the in the conversation and a lot of what they say. Um, just like a, a lot of these blatantly heretical groups, like I think we're finding that a lot of them are able to make uh, some claim to orthodoxy because they technically or at least verbally hold to the confessions in a very loose sense, but they're able to say it in a very convincing manner. So if you go onto Joel Osteen's uh, website, uh, joelosteen.com, uh, <laughs> uh, th their doctrinal statement has your, your main points of confession that you'd hear or see in most churches, which is uh, God is a trinity, uh, he is spoken in his word, salvation, I, I believe they say salvation is by faith alone. Like it's just, it's very 
standard as far as what you see. Sounds like an evangelical. Yeah, it sounds like an evangelical church. Um, <clears throat> but when and here's the the big problem, and we're going to get deeper into this, is when you listen to him talk or when you read one of his books, the furthest thing from his mouth is uh, any kind of conviction or uh, a place where God is dealing with sin in a way that uh, is worked through by the gospel to the glory of God alone, where his system, um, well, maybe it's, it's best just to start talking about uh, some of the main points in his starting book, <clears throat> and he's had lots of books since then, uh, but Your Best Life Now, um, mm -hmm. where the, the premise seems to be how to aim for wealth, a better marriage, and better health. It's about your mindset, not about holiness, not about the pursuit of uh, glorifying Christ. While he does use that terminology, he does say things like this is to the glory of God. Uh, he tends to say glory of God more than glory of Christ. Uh, I think he, there's an intentional distance between Christological language uh, and uh, general terminology because he wants to be more broad and more widely read. Uh, while he does quote the Bible, often it's um, partial portions of, of Scripture. Like he'll say things like, uh, God wants to do everything uh, to your good. You know, God, God will use everything for your good without continuing on to the perfect will of God that brings love and the call according to his purpose. That part he, he tends to miss. <laughs> okay. So, um, so uh, you may have, I mean, I was just rolling through my the Bible here. Did you preface that this is just going to be a general review, background, a little bit of touch on his yep. beliefs, but we're not... This is going to be very general. We're, so not, we're, we're still going to do a systematic somewhat on him, just yep. kind of pick apart the beliefs, uh, but more focus on some of the this materials. Is gonna, this is going right to be bird's-eye bird's view, material notes, books, stuff that you might hear, and where I think the real big division between uh, someone like him and someone in the reform camp. Because a lot of times you'll go into Facebook groups or uh, you'll hear people talk about uh, the problems. Uh, would, you, would you even say not just between him and the reform camp, but him and, and traditional Protestantism? Yeah, traditional Protestantism, where, where is that line? I think it gets kind of ambiguous. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> partially because he, he makes it ambiguous, and a lot of those groups will. That they'll intentionally obfuscate the, uh, the difference between you know, they, they want to be a part of mainline Christendom uh, or mainline Christianity mm -hmm. without taking all the what accompanies with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so and, and I'll, I'll I'll start out by saying this this book freaked me out in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, and what I mean by that is so my normal work is something that I I'm regularly reading business books. And I'm listening to books on mindset. Now there's some wisdom in these books. I don't. I don't want to say that everything in there is rubbish, but there is a lot of humanistic type thinking in these books, which means you have to be careful in how you read them. So I'm. I'm looking for. In my humanism, basically, the source and power of of life is in our own self. Right. We are the. We are the. <laughs> uh, 
essentially take on the the the, the, the end of all things as ourselves. We, we yeah, yeah. The, the, these books are, are often written from a uh, there's the yeah we have the power. Where it's, it's a self help book, uh, and they're, they're all written from here's here's the five to twelve steps to fix your life. Mm. Uh, and you take these concepts into any situation, you'll find that area of your life getting better. So mm -hmm. if you want to work on your habits, here's the twelve steps to fixing your your development and habits, and this will fix your business, this will fix your marriage, this will fix your relationship with your kids. Just add these, uh, how, however many legalistic steps you want to add. Now, there's some pragmatic reasons to do these things, and so I don't want to discount people that want to grow in discipline. Some of these books are going to have tips and tricks that may help with these particular things. But the big difference between do your these... presuppositions correspond to these disciplines? Yeah, uh, do your basis is bases for living this way really add up. Yeah, and those are the questions that he's not asking, answering, and, right? And so it's part of it. Like, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So, like, I, I think a really good book is uh, Atomic Habits. It's a good book. Like, there there are things about it that very blatantly are uh, humanistic. It's evolutionary thinking. It's uh, naturalistic thinking. But they'll give some pragmatic tips. Like, hey, if, if you're wanting to learn how to go to the gym every day, <clears throat> or or five days a week, like me. Get in your car and go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll say is like, get get in the habit of, like if, if there's uh, 12 steps to get into the gym. I think we need to write our own book. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we'll market it. It'll be bestseller. It's going to be a five-step program on how to get to the gym on time. Set an alarm. So, so, someone like Wake me, up at the alarm. Someone like me that has a hard time developing new disciplines, often it's like, well, lear learn to make sure you remember to bring your gym shoes with you to work. Mm. And then if you've accomplished that and you're, that's now a habit, just count that as a win for today and move on. Okay. That's okay. Just develop. So it's real Aristotelian. <laughs> Ethics is habits. Just yeah. build a good habit, and you're basically you're an ethical person. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No matters of the heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and the, motivations. Books, and anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And these, these books are gonna have nothing it to do with that, of course. Yeah. Well, well a lot of t today's humanist these these teachings these um, mm -hmm. which we see with with um, you used it self help is there basically a lot of people it's kind of a fad now to use stoicism and this mm -hmm. is like. Uh, Aristotelian thinking of, on life is somehow this, like, this new explosion, like interesting stuff. It's fascinating. Even we Christians getting into that. that. I want, I'm, I'm thinking I'm it's so, okay. It's it's just it's it goes into Osteen fits it, and I'm just going to read yep. this real quickly from Timothy that people just go on these these the itch to hear something new. Mm -hmm. The idea of, of Second Timothy three four three chapter four verse three for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, I think the own here is it's really intentional, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it sounds like, it sounds funny for our conversation. You could almost say idios, like idiot, but uh, <laughs> that's more fluctuated intentionally. So the idios uh, desires, the, your own desires, will uh, they will multiply teachers for themselves. Again, the emphasis is on themselves, their own desires for themselves. Because, for what reason? They have an itch to hear something new. Mm -hmm. So they've rejected sound doctrine for something new, which is interesting is all these books, they come up and they stay in saying something new. But interesting about this term for new, it's really just the idea of something recent. something. And so what they're doing is they're taking old stuff, it's been said since Solomon, mm -hmm. even they, 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 these old Greek teachings, they're just putting it into a new context, ours, and it comes off as something fascinating something oh it's got something to help me out something that's been revealed 
And so it's really a supplement for the revealed doctrine of God. Mm -hmm. And that they're trying to live their lives in a way that's meaningful yep. on nothing that's essentially anything. Right. Yeah. And so and that's what goes to your point about Joel. Theologically, is going to correspond what you're finding yeah. with Joel. What I have I, not read as much on Joel, so I can't speak there. But. So what, what I'll say about the, the secular side of these things is some of the things are somewhat helpful in terms of organizing your business. There's pragmatic things there. I can take and then say, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray about these things. And Well, you've already taken them. You already have a, a, a theological basis for taking them. Right. So you've discerned before you even get there, you have to yes. discern on what is actually accords with Scripture and is useful for the Christian Correct. faith and now, for life and practice. Yeah. Now, what's, what's scarier about what Joel says is he Christianifies the language that so the way that they would want to say something so like these books will say stuff in the way that makes it sound like you can do anything if you just put your mind to it just dedicate yourself to these 12 steps and it'll be accomplished um he christianifies these steps by saying if you just have the correct mindset and have the faith and then just uh, have these steps in mind god will accomplish this for you hmm. um which really does make God into a cosmic bellhop, for one. He's a cosmic... What's the bellhop? He's an order taker. He's a, okay. he, he's a, a genie in a bottle. He, he's your waiter. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Bellhop. Yeah. <laughs> what is that from? I, I heard <laughs> someone use it. Somebody look it up for me. So, <laughs> right, Google's acting slow for me. Bellhop. Bellhop. God is a cosmic bellhop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I almost put bellhop. Yeah, <laughs> um, bellhop. Yeah, uh, an attendant in a hotel who performs service. Allow what? Google wants to. They want to know my location now. Um, attend a hotel who performs uh, services. That's just carrying your guests. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he serves you. Mm -hmm. God is your cosmic bellhop. Yeah, I like it. Uh, <laughs> um, so he he puts the the promises of God, which like. We as, as Protestants, Bellhop. as Calvinists, <laughs> <Bellhop. laughs> uh, as Protestants, take the promises of God as foundational to our, our thinking, to our hope in Christ, that God will fulfill in his promises. So when you take something like the level of, I want to get rich, and he'll, he'll say stuff like, uh, he uses his own house as an example, um, the, the mentality behind himself getting the house of his uh, deepest desires in right. his dream house mm -hmm. as something that given these steps that God will fulfill on or how the, the big mega complex of their church talks about you know legal battles and stuff like that they had to get through and that God what's, what's the, could, you know the inconsistency there because you think about mm -hmm. I think it was the one that you just played about this idea of taking you through doesn't want to doesn't want to um, take you out of the storm but through the storm he's making you greater the idea of what if your storm is not getting that house even if you take those steps mm -hmm. I mean that happens to a lot of people they can be wise stewards of their money but never come into a place where they mm -hmm. got a multi-billion dollar home or a billion dollar home or mm -hmm. millions of dollar home excuse me um, and and that just doesn't happen yep. I mean that's clear biblical truth that it's just you're always going to have the poor among you you're not in this now not yet era there's always it's this yeah so anyway go into the point yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
it seems like even in that message, would I mean, I wonder what he would say to that. You know, like mm-hmm. what about the many people, probably people who have attended his well, church? He, I know there's testimonies of people that have been there for years and they end up leaving because they realize that theology didn't correspond to the real world for most most people or not. If we, my understanding of biblical stewardship is each person has been, by God's grace, given a certain stewardship, certain skills, which comes with different responsibilities and different. So there's people are going to be richer than others, mm-hmm. and how they steward that's going to be on them. But it's not that every single one of us is going to have a, multi, a billion dollar home. And right. if that was, if if maybe to your point, man, I'm jumping. That I don't, I didn't read the script, but to think about it is, if everyone followed him, it's almost comes off like everyone can be like Joel. Mm-hmm. You can be like me, nice, nice uh, house, nice this, nice that. Yeah. But just follow these steps, and more steps will be in more books. I mean, you, you kind of anticipate yes. the next book's going to have some steps. Right. Um, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really nice-looking Pharisee, isn't it? <laughs> it's adding to the law, right? It's, like, yeah. it's a list of books. Do we, yeah. did you, is this a good time to list Yeah, let's, 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 let's stop some of the books. I mean, just think of it. That's why I was thinking of steps, and then hearing you talk about him ordering life, again, like mm-hmm. the Stoics, that's a very stoic way of looking at things. It's, it's not this live wisdom in the moment where you have to depend on the grace of God and, and, and wisdom and trusting him in your next step. It's just do this, do this, do this. Same thing as, yeah, um, mechanical stoicism. But uh, here, um, your best life now is that original one. Seven steps to living at your full potential. His next one was, was a daily readings from your best life now, 90-day devotional for living out your, at your full potential. The next one was become a better you, seven keys to improving your life every day. That was in 2007. Your best life begins each morning. Devotion to start every day. To, so devotion that came out of that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm starting to see. I like the, per, the the order here. It's or your it's your time. Activate your faith. Activate your dreams and increase in God's favor. Just on and on and on. Uh, and this is a long list too. Um, I declare 31 promises to speak over your life. A uh, five key. This is breakout exclamation point. Five keys to go beyond your barriers and live an extraordinary life. That's 2015. Uh, eight, there's another book. Is the subtitle. All these are subtitles where it has this numbers and steps. So you got eight undeniable qualities of a winner. That must be about basketball. Um, the another one is uh, two words that will change your two words that will change your life today. Uh, the power of I am. Interesting. Um, two words, I am. Wow, that would be an interesting yeah. one to read. Um, I mean, the one that he did was in 2016, was it? Uh, uh, make every day a Friday or something? Every day mm-hmm. a Friday. Oh, that was How to Be Happier Seven Days a Week. So that one I read. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. So it just it just keeps on going on. And his most recent one is... Uh, that the rule your day six keys to maximizing your success and accelerating your dreams. <coughs> so it, it is that the one you started on? No, I, I I'm at the first one. Okay. Um, <laughs> you should read them all. <laughs> you should read them all. Uh, to start at the beginning, Jay. Yeah. I find it so, interesting hermeneutically. It's like, well, what's like a common word in all of his titles? It's your, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It make this actually the words within this list encompass every word of all worship songs in the last 50 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your, you, pro, 
promises, speak, uh, life, power, I am. I mean, seriously? <laughs> Let's just write a <laughs> worship music Sorry, off modern of worship leaders. <laughs> yeah, you can we, have we, a title. Seriously. We can make a song. Yeah. Your best life now. <laughs> Become better you. <laughs> the power of your favor. Oh no. Better stop where we're headed. Anyway, so let's, let's get some of the points the in the book. The power to <laughs> stop, stop, calm, <laughs> strong, confident in every season. Yeah, I mean, seriously, we've got more words than we need for, for uh, we have it all out, 17 really. albums. Yeah. We got more words than we need for ten songs of right. modern yeah. worship music. Yeah. It'd be really powerful ballads. Like they could be yeah. on pretty much any secular radio, and people will. Yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So no justice. So let's let's talk about some big ideas, key concepts in your best life now. Uh, and you you watch any of his sermons, at least the top ones that I listen to, uh, which is a handful. Um, it really, they just kind of boil down to very similar ideas. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure if we listen to other books, same things come across. Um, expect your miracle. So, and I, I will say, like a lot of these ideas, they're they're not inherently bad in in like the micro surface level. I, I think that's that's fine thinking. Like I I want to expect if I'm in a hard situation that God will come through in some manner. So. Even even to the point of like I, I think I can generally expect healing. There is a day where God will decide to take me home, uh, and that's that's fine. And even if uh, we are to pass into death, or if some other struggle is to come to us, um, that is as believers, that is by His hand of blessing that these difficulties come about, hmm. because He intends all those things for good. So even the hardships that we come in. In a sense, yeah, expect your miracle, but it's not always going to be the easy thing. Uh, it's it's not always going to be uh, the 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 your dreams being fulfilled. Um, so he says, expect good things, expect people and circumstances to be good to you. So he'll like he he had this story of uh, walking into the grocery store or something like that, and I think somebody let him go ahead, and he said something like. Now, I, I expect good things to happen to me to see God's favor in little things. So when somebody lets me go ahead of the grocery store, I think that's because I'm a child of God and that's, that's going to happen. And, and even if those little microscopic things are true and they happen because of God's favor, and every good thing that happens to a believer is because of God's favor. Um, but first thing is he he says this in such a general way and doesn't qualify who these blessings are going to so <laughs> so when he's he's writing his books he doesn't he doesn't distinguish between the blessing that a christian receives and the the blessing that an unbeliever receives and doesn't qualify or dis- distinguish between either one of them which means there's no gospel going forward here yet he yeah. he speaks like there is a gospel going forward and that the hope of the bible is being Yes, yeah, <clears throat> and and that's like a good good distinction is it's it's a gospelless gospel in the mm-hmm. sense that it's 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 focuses it genuinely focuses on the temporal mm-hmm. renewal of of reality. He's, we would live 
really the, the life of the kingdom to come. Yeah, and, he's, and, he's and speaking he of a subset of the fruit that Christians get, but speaking separate from the tree that they necessarily are tied to. And even, but he's talking about fruit that's not promised. Right. That's that's where he's confusing things. So the promises of God are related to the promises that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, salvation from sin mm-hmm. and its punishment, which is death. We can be sure every day as we, we have faith in Christ's atoning death, we can live in that promise. Yeah. And what a blessing it is to our soul to know we're not under the wrath of God every single day. Yes. I have joy knowing that I have fellowship with God. That's a promise. I don't have a promise in Scripture saying that if I if I wake up in the morning and say today's a Friday, that that day is going to be blessed. Right. Yeah. And, and how do we define blessing in that point? As he says in that sermon, that's why I think a lot of these teachers that I, I would put them under the category of scratching, itching, and ear, is that how, how does he consistently define a blessed day? When on one hand, in one sermon, he says you're going to have to go through a fire. And then another sermon, he's, and he's, well, how does he define that fire? And then another book, he's saying every day is going to be a Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't, he's going to have to have, it's, it's, it's such a, it's, that's where you get these types of teaching and teachers where it is contradictory. Mm-hmm. There's no consistency to it, but each message in itself serves to serves its own purpose and it and it it, it makes us emotional it makes us um, mentally intrigued thinking oh this is going to bless me in this way or oh this one he understands my troubles but at the end of the day none of it's coherent and none of it going back to your point so i'm coming around on crowd just thinking out loud but going to your point it's there is no gospel in the way he he, he he's it's it's there's no there's no good news yeah, i mean it, it's all temporally oriented uh, and the gospel isn't temporally oriented. It does change our temporal lives, but that is in character. Yep. Character, um, financial stuff's never promised. I don't know if anywhere there's a promise for that. Yeah. Except for that we're heirs of Christ in His rule, and that we are richer than rich, even when we're poorer than poor. Yeah. God wants to, you to get your hopes up about your circumstances. He starts thinking about a sales contract, and he, he'll often use like sales language, and stuff, which makes me think like he must be reading the same books that I am, or one of these two ways. <laughs> you talk about those, those uh, sales, sales, books sales books and stuff like or that. Or listening to the same spirits, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a reality. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's like, the spirits, right? Yeah. yeah. Where does uh, all that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. I, and he says, like, don't don't give yourself to negative talk. God is only limited by your lack of belief. Say it again. Don't give yourself to negative talk. Don't speak to yourself negatively. And God is only limited by your lack of belief. It's fascinating. Especially when belief is a gift from God. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so God is... <laughs> right there's a contradiction yeah. <laughs> um, biblical contradiction now yeah. mm-hmm. if I'm a kind of more in a, a revelation is everything it's myself and of course it's, just, it's all hogwash yeah. he, he but, constantly talks about speaking positive words over yourself 
uh, don't let yourself be the one. Which, like, hey, that's generally, yeah, don't don't like let yeah, yourself you be never filled. Think, uh, yeah, like, be be genuine it's, about your your thinking and don't overly exert yourself on thinking negative things. But that's just wisdom. But, like, but, that's but, just, yeah, I was gonna say, nowhere should you ever think negative things if they're if if we have the proper definition of negative. Right. So, it's, like, i.e., that it's not truthful. Yeah. And if, if I if I that, qualify that, myself, sometimes the truth might hurt. Yeah. And that's not a negative thing. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll jump down to the other one. That's a good thing. So he he says he seems to be in that language. Don't you think? Cloaking yeah. that. If if he like, he says at a, a later point in the book that if there is a thought in your mind that makes you uh, something along those lines, doubt yourself or feel uh, negative about yourself or doesn't give you self-esteem, that thought is not of God. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, like, one of the most devilish things you could say about yourself? Because, like, the at the very grounds of the gospel is the fact that you can't do it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's out of our death that we have life, that no, acknowledging that we're sinful and have are, are enemies of God, that is the very place where we have life. Because yep. you can't honestly do that until you've come into the truth. So I think that goes to John 3, Nicodemus, or John 6, John 3, John 3. Um, and uh, the idea that people, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That this is the judgment, that the light has come to the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, lest they come to the light and their deeds be exposed. That people aren't um, genuinely desiring to admit that they're in darkness and thus these types of teaching actually makes people it clouds that whole truth that actually when you admit that you you the worst of things about yourself mm-hmm. there's the greatest freedom yeah that's what people think of like how can you call yourself a sinner in today's language you know yeah. everyone's all seeker friendly language and stuff <laughs> this see our church seeker friendliness is like that's just the way the world is right yeah. it's this idea of <laughs> just be don't don't say that's gonna but actually, that's interesting that that's become a pattern in social, that goes back to critical theory and all that, but um, that that mentality is one of the ways in which I think spiritually and spirit, spiritual principalities and our flesh and everything's working against the gospel to keep us from, from the gospel is by diminishing the goodness of hearing how sinful we are. There's so much joy in knowing I am the worst of the worst, as Luther said, and I quoted yeah. earlier, until I know that my counts, my salvation is so outside. Uh, um, until I know that my salvation is beyond my own counsels, efforts, and will, and in the counsel and effort of and will of another, I cannot be thoroughly humbled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Luther, man, that stood out to me. Page like one hundred in the J.I. Packer translation of his um, uh, Bondage and Liberation of the Will. No, that's Bondage and Liberation is Calvin uh, in Bondage of the Will, mm-hmm. Luther. <laughs> Calvin, Calvin wrote a book with a similar title. Uh, hilarious that he did that. Uh, they wrote. They were together on their, their anyway. Different people they're arguing against. Of course, Luther was Erasmus. Calvin was Pythias. Pythias. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yeah. But all that to say, admitting mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is central to the gospel. Yeah. Central to our freedom. Having a the, negative thought is essential to our freedom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that like would that. be a wonderful book. Yeah. Having yeah, a negative you know, thought about yourself is essentially that's great. That's yeah. great. Uh, there, there's this. How to think negatively in five in five ten five ten steps. No, for, better, like for your better life now, how to think negatively about yourself for yeah. your best life now. There, yeah. There's this um, 
And it, this, this probably is not the best language to talk about it in, but I, there's almost like this third emotion that Christians, I think, tend to have that it's described in uh, the description in the Bible I'm talking about is um, where it points to your your joy being your sadness and your sadness being your joy. When in thinking about, and you'll see this through the Psalms yeah. and through uh, people reminiscing about their own sinful state, you see this in the writings of Paul where he's talking about uh, I, I do what I don't want to do and want to do what I don't do, where there is this um, liberating remorse mm-hmm. where you are completely broken about the state of your uh, sinful self. And uh, whether it's, <clears throat> well, obviously in those moments, it's always in, in the past. Um, uh, or, or, you know, Think about long sin past or a recent sin past where you are remorseful, but at the same time, overly joyed that Christ has broken you. What other situation would you be so ecstatic about your own destruction? Mm-hmm. Like, as a Christian, we have the ability you know, to be joyous yeah. about being destroyed. And it goes to that the heart of forgiveness already assumes the admittance of our evilness evil and I think about this forgiveness is truly that liberating factor that cannot really be seen in anything you write because everything is already assumed like I said it's almost assuming everyone is saved and now we're just live by these principles in this in this flourishing kingdom but the very thing that would make the human heart flourish is that fact of sin and that this God our God our creator would forgive us how does the soul open up to forgive others unless we've known that we've been forgiven? How do we know to love others unless we know that we've been loved? And that's the whole point of John 1 and really all of John. It's like all of what he writes is that fact. That love of God. Admit, admit the fact that we're sinners. God loved us. Paul Romans 8. Like, what? That's the crux of the gospel and the good news. And, and, and why I should make money in this life is because I've been forgiven. Like, the gospel is what motivates that someone should be the motivator for going out and flourishing in having a have, have a wonderful home. But that's not your, your that's not where your hope is. That's no. not where your And you have the freedom to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have the freedom yeah. to fail. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day where you know we were talking about like whether it's in, in business or uh, in our areas of study or anything like this, that it's it's not just that we have the freedom to pursue our desires and excel at them but we also have the freedom to fail and there there is a relief in that potential failure because our salvation is not contingent or our uh our ability to be uh in communion with god is not contingent on our ability to succeed Hmm. in anything yeah um that's a good that should be the name of another series the freedom to fail yeah (laughs) i like it (laughs) freedom to fail baby (laughs) Uh, like, so he'll, he'll say things often, and this, this is one. <laughs> Although I'm sure that's probably something he's already talked about, because that's another pop culture thing. It's yeah. like, your failure is your success. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're stepping out. You're, you're making effort. You've, there's, you've already won in that. There's, and there's I'm like, no... <laughs> I used to say that back when I went to, like, this, this really big church. Uh, it's kind of a seeker-friendly church, but I used to say, so it would be like, I, I lost, and they're like, you, you handled that so well. And I said, well, because people that get second and last are the ones that make the winners. Yeah. <laughs> they can't win without me. Yeah. And I was like, that's the mindset. I'm like, now I'm thinking, I was like, 
I was joking then, but I was thinking, people actually live, think that is actually a tangible thing. Yeah. No, that's not. That's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, this is something he says ad nauseum. And there, there's a part of me that's like, wasn't there something in scripture about like having uh, repetitive words or saying long-winded things or something like that? Anyway, um, <laughs> he, he talks about... Uh, uh, I mean, in, in the same idea, like there's this kind of magic idea that uh, mm-hmm. if you declare something that has been, you know, not yet fulfilled in reality, but if you declare it to have already been done, mm-hmm. that that carries more weight. And I've heard Christians do this before. Mm-hmm. Like they, the word of power movement. Yeah. Thank, thank you, God, for healing this person. The next week later, the person dies. Yeah. You know, and then, it, and then you find that oftentimes in those communities, those groups, people leave their churches from that. Almost mm-hmm. always someone or another person finds that that church or the gospel that they learned there was false. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it hurts them. And, and, and a lot, some of them, I believe that genuine believers will work their way through that, but it doesn't. It comes with a lot of pain and hurt and yeah. trial um, and compromise after that because they don't know what they're doing, where they're going. They have no, no, comp- no The word of God isn't under their feet. Mm-hmm. They've been taught this other God, word that wasn't the word of the Lord. Um, oh, you said yeah. something. I was going to... Yeah, you have, you have to change your thinking if you want oh, God to bless oh, you. The word of, so this goes back to, I don't want to do this, but I have to. Um, it It's reminiscent of witchcraft. I mean, that's their whole motto. I, I've it's had channeling, the same wielding thought, yeah. energy into your life through the earth or whatever you know se- seance you want to set up. But it's the idea of wielding spirits or energy, either from the earth or through communicating with another spirit. That would you can take that energy and wield it for good. How do we find good again? Well, according to their books, whatever they want to find good as, which is ultimately up to the subject, it's subjective, and therefore there is no true good. It's just another thing, like here we see in Paul writing about we, they're just it. itching for something new. But that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's no different than witchcraft, which begs a question back to the spiritual reality of this whole thing. Is it substantially different? <clears throat> yeah, and I think we, and we've talked about this before. It's like, it seems like all these religions that we've studied, they have this burning desire to be able to control their environment via their will mm-hmm. in in such a way that is um, not just not in even in the same realm of how scripture talks about the use right. of the will right um, and you're making a good point there like it's actually it's that flipping of the script because we were created to rule the earth we were mm-hmm. created to subdue <clears throat> to have power and dominion in God's likeness yeah. under his authority in, in communion with him so the communion would be that we're listening to his word and therefore able to govern our own lives and the world and everything in, in, in harmony. But what this is doing is taking our our the, the fact that we are rulers of the earth, but making ourselves the crowning king and queen yeah. with no authority other than our own self, which again is the judgment in Adam that we're all aimlessly lost yes. in God. Yeah. He's have a healthy self-image. I mean, that's what... Is this, is this a... Yeah, yeah we just changed the couch I can lean on. <laughs> you will never rise above your own self-image. See, you, um, you were made in the image of God, and so you have to feel good about yourself if you want good things to happen. Okay. <laughs> I'll write that down. So it's it's just amazing. Like so, when when the Bible talks about the, the image, stuff, the man. imago dei, the image of God, the the emphasis seems to be, at least to me, it seems that it's it's placing on our lack of ability so to 
uh, uphold what our, our right standing before God is and that we fail at that uh, image. Like if we're created to be imago Dei mm-hmm. and yet we are not able to, in and of ourselves, able to uphold his law and his standards, then the only thing that we get from being able to say we are imago Dei apart from Christ is only condemnation. So him saying you should feel good about yourself because you're you're made in the image of God is is one of the most silly things I've ever heard. In in the sense that he's saying that like you, you should you should have a healthy self-image just because you're made in the image of God. Not in the context you're in the image of God and a fallen image of God. So so this is the thing if if taken in strict order when what he says is true Yes. So that's not what he's saying. Right. Right? So if it was um, have a ha- happy self-image, is that what he said? Happy self-image? A right? healthy, healthy self-image. Healthy self-image <clears throat> because you are made in the image of God. It should rather say have, have a ha- healthy self-image in accordance with being created in the image of God. Yep. I mean, such a nuance, but it's it's very meaningful. Oh, it's an incredible. Because what yeah. you end up saying, if you're not saying in accordance with the image of God and what it means to be the image of God... You're essentially telling people to be who you are, even as he says that. Yep. You're not even have to change. You just be, be, be that. Hey, if you're, um, I don't know. I'm going to use a terrible example here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just some some Ted Bundy at his prime time. Yep. Hey, be ha- be have a healthy self image because you're creating right. the <laughs> What does that do for him? Yeah. How does that actually help him become a healthy self image? Yeah. There's there's no image. talk. There's no talk about correcting your dreams yeah. if they're not in accordance with the fear of God. I mean, that's that's how you know, the the primary book of wisdom, Proverbs, uh, starts yeah. up and have, have the fear of God, and that is the basis for your understanding of anything. There's in, none of that. In, this here. so much goes to Calvin, I gotta say, Calvin's point, I mean, and Luther, really. They saw um, in Genesis where we, Adam exchanged God's word for the serpent's word. He had detached himself from the word of God and therefore had no word to, to bring his life under. So I see a pattern here too, obviously with witchcraft, everything, is this self-directed life. Um, that there is no word to submit your life to. And so they're just hearing a word, following that word, uh, see where that goes. But you're always the, you're the center of who controls that. But it goes back again to this thing of that, that importance for the Christian faith is actually pretty simple. And it's the opposite of what you hear in all these books that come out from various authors that are trying to teach a new thing. Is that it's actually always been about, the Christian faith has always been about going and standing on sound doctrine. Well, what's sound doctrine? The doctrine that's been given and handed down to the saints once and for all. So it's actually the opposite of what our simple nature wants. It's what our renewed nature wants. If we want to live out a healthy self-image, it's to always go back to what God says. Mm-hmm. Not just follow whatever prophet or whatever feeling we have in the moment, that's actually the very epitome of being lost and detached from communion with God. I like how Calvin said, like, when you read Scripture, that's the face of Christ. You're having communion with with Christ himself. That's the nature and character of God being revealed in the text. So as you're reading it, you're you're literally face-to-face with God in that sense, in that real reality, in that ectypal, not, or not, not one-to-one. Of course, God is infinite, spaceless, timeless, uh, three persons, one, one in three persons, but he reveals himself in his word, and in that sense, that we have that sound place to become the image of God in the way we're meant to be. But everything, all this other stuff, even in these books, seems to be saying, 
your self-image is there's no there's nothing to ground the self-image in what he's saying it seems other than you make that up is that pretty much it yeah it seems like it like like when I'm getting into talks... Calvin right now a lot because that's all I read for the, especially the last couple of years. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it ta- he talks about don't don't look like in an emotional sense. Don't look down on yourself or don't speak bad things of yourself. Like don't say, "Oh, I'm such an idiot." Well, like like okay, yeah, don't don't, don't just say dumb things about yourself. Like that's uh, yeah. use the term that's idiotic. Uh, yeah. But like have have. Uh, a correct understanding of yourself, which often includes bad things. Be precise. Have precision when you're talking about uh, understanding yourself, mm-hmm. which which is someone who is in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> that was just. Where are we uh, at on your notes here? Uh, uh, we're we're getting we're getting toward the end. Okay. Uh, so for our our overview section on on his general. Uh, how he talks about uh, preaching and, and, and yeah. the message and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we must learn to love ourselves, faults and all, because that's how God loves you. Faults and all. Another thing that he's just not saying enough about it. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, what does he mean by faults? Now are we not supposed yeah, to so, look at ourselves as. Delicious. Like, well, yeah, so <laughs> that, that's a great point. You so God, God sees yeah. you yeah. as a victor, mm-hmm. and He doesn't want you to focus on your weakness. That that's Joelstein. That's not me. <laughs> so and again, like he's he's not saying enough about it, and he's just kind of saying this flatly. And and again, if, if we're looking at this, what his his uh, premise is or his thesis is, how to live at your fullest potential. This has nothing to do with how do I know I'm a saved individual? He's just saying, how do you live your best potential? Because God loves you as you are. God sees you as a victor to anybody. Uh, don't focus on your weakness when, when you're, uh, you know, fo- focus you on know, your, your good. If, if, and this is the thing, and, and Joel, I know he's listening to this. Um, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> hey, Joel. Yeah, just, hey, Joel. As you've made personal it this message far, from Heath. Yeah, here, you, <laughs> you've made it this far in our podcast. We commend you as a true academic. Um, and scholar and theologian. I want to make sure academics is just a bunch of pompous junk. Uh, <laughs> theologians are true academics in the sense that, you know, they submit to God's word and desire to grow. grow. Um, and the rest is just the skepticism and a bunch of junk. Um, the What was the one we were talking about? <laughs> Hopefully we can call Joel Osteen a theologian because he's listened this far. Yeah, what was the... Uh, Oh yeah, so be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess all the time. <laughs> that was yeah. The rabbit <laughs> ran so, down the wrong track. God doesn't want you to look at your weaknesses because that's how He sees you. That's that's what Olstein is saying. Where we would say, well, that that's only true if you are in Christ. If Christ knows you, yeah, then he, yeah, he's God. always missing the Christological aspect of yeah. everything. He's like oh, he's okay. he's it's like the full bootstraps without. You yeah. know, and this is the thing: is yeah. he starts off every service. So Joel, back to you, just mm-hmm. back to Joel. Thanks for listening, Joel. Um, <laughs> uh, um, this is my Bible. I am who it says that's I am. Exactly what yeah. Yeah. This is how he starts every sermon. Now, if if people could connect that to this, and they're actually reading their Bible, 
to define love because they're not getting it in the sermon, they're not getting it in the books, they're not getting it in any any anything that comes out of the pulpit. But if they're reading their Bible, then yeah, uh, sure, because they're going to define all that properly. But the problem is, people who are reading their Bible will end up not sticking around because they realize that they don't hear the Bible in the pulpit. They hear what anyone could appropriate all those terms. Well, they hear partial verses. Well, they well uh, yeah, like they would hear at a <laughs> exactly like they hear at a Unitarian Universalist yeah. church <laughs> alongside a, a quotation from uh, from uh, who. Um, those uh, universalist guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, golly. What's the poet guy? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Emerson. Emerson. So yeah. you hear a verse from Emerson, then one from Solomon. It'll probably be listed like that. Uh, here's a verse from the ancient text of uh, we we don't know who wrote it, but it's said to be Solomon. So, like that's <laughs> yeah. essentially anybody can come to his and just appropriate it. Right. <laughs> Get an edited version of uh, Matthew or something like that in there. Yeah. Just take out a bunch of chapters and remove them. And just... Yeah. yeah. Isn't that like a form of Bible. idolatry? Just, yeah. They're just carving up the scriptures? Yeah. scriptures like a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> Philo's hermeneutic. Because it yeah. was a Philo that did the whole, like, uh, you know, um, just get rid of anything that was a literal description of God doesn't belong. And then the, the, anything that's hatred is not really there. And New Testament, it's just love that we need to focus on. It's just this arbitrary trying to make sense of things rather than taking the word together in its integrity and its whole which would make sense of things um yep. yeah hermeneutics man yeah tell you what so if you just realized how much confidence god has in you you wouldn't have as many problems as you do like i get like there's, there's no basis to think that like <laughs> wow that's yeah. quite the statement yeah it's so like uh, that, that's in chapter two if you're what, what do you think of that one you think I just wish I didn't have problems, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because you know God has confidence in, in in you, in Christ. You're his creature in Christ. He's created you. You're his yeah. child. Yeah. But we have problems. Yeah, and he's... But he, he is... <laughs> we're continually making... We're problem child. We're, child. Making, we're a problem child. We're yeah, problem child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, Singular, because yeah, yeah. it's individualistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, we are being made continually, as we're being sanctified, into the image of Christ. And, and in that context is how God has confidence, not in me, but in, in Christ who is working in me, or in us, into the fulfillment of being made in his image. Well, I think we could even say that, you know, God is confident in, in us, in, in this, each particular member of Christ's body, Pete, Jake, because we're in Christ. Right. But apart from Christ, our union with him through faith and union being that his blood is atone for our sin, etc. All these different you know, union word is so loose. It just doesn't really mean much to me anymore. But because it's written theologically, so many people use union in Christ. Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like it, when everything that Christ has done, it's accounted to us, and, and so um, the Spirit is indwells us, etc. All these things because of that. Where's children in that? Yeah, yeah. But how is that? How do you even get? You don't get there from that. You you're right. It's just human. It's um, what, what I'm, Joel I'm, says, maybe I'm being too hard. I don't know. No, like what, what Joel says when he when he's when he's talking about or defending his <laughs> when, when he's defending his way of preaching, he says when he looks out at the people in his congregation, he he doesn't get the sense that he needs to talk about their sin. So, uh, is is he part of the holiness movement? 
is there is there a sense where he believes that like mm. we there's we achieve perfection through salvation or like what is I don't think so. What what's is, interesting is I don't know the details here. This is I'll be honest with our viewers and my own my own uh, my own self here. Hmm. I got it off of Wikipedia. Yeah. But it was a quote. A yeah. quote from him that was posted on Wikipedia. And he did say, and you might have read it, um, that he was raised about with the devil is this and the devil is that. The devil is why your car's not starting and etc. It's like extreme so charis- charismatic. Dad's, sort of. Yeah, huh. I didn't think that was his background, given his... Does Joel have a dad? Well, his <laughs> dad was a pastor prior. Oh, his dad was yeah, a pastor. Dad was oh, a really? pastor. And uh, I think they were part of the Southern Baptist... Yes, yeah, uh, so, so the background to me seemed like your standard maybe evangelical Baptist. Yeah. That's but right, because he was part of the SBC, or he's kind of still is affiliated with SBC. Yeah, yeah. so... I, not anymore, I don't think. Oh, not anymore. So yeah. and they're not typically known for that, that type of... of Theology, but he said that unless you go to Rick Warren's church, which they just um, they just made a bunch of women pastors or dated a bunch of women pastors. Really, so, not surprising. Like, well, I guess Rick Warren's no longer pastor, but as soon as he left, they right. It was all in order for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he slowly yeah. let it all slip. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Huh. Interesting stuff there. That yeah. could be something to chat about. Yeah, yeah very much so. Hmm. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, that's pretty. I, that that's enough to like wrap up the the book because it really does start repeating itself as far as the the content. Yeah, no, we got a good, pretty good episode there. And yes, yeah. that's what we're at fifty three minutes. So that's nice. Good. Yeah, we can split good. that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could. Yeah, we could splice it too. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey guys, it's been awesome talking with you. It's been great to be back at the table. Yep. And talking about. Theology and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the old X Garage is, is back. Yeah, order. old X Garage is back. So, thanks for watching us, and we'll be around. Catch you around next time. X Garage. X Garage. X Garage. <laughs> <laughs>